Okay, in terms of what you do currently in your work, okay, in the McCallman Group, you are a risk management company. That, mm -hmm. that, that's what you, what you mentioned. And what is your connection with, with the Spanish-speaking community? Why do you create material in Spanish? Well, I guess, uh, I mean, this was happening prior to my joining McCallman Group, so it wasn't anything that I did per se. But in general, I would say because much of what we do is geared toward trying to educate employees yeah. um, on the things to do and not to do to avoid risk, legal risk issues. Again, I'll mention like discrimination yeah. or sexual, sexual harassment, things like this. So we try and make training modules with videos that show people, this is what's going on. Here's what to avoid. Try not to do this. Encourage you to do this, this kind of thing. And, you know, because in this country, uh, it is becoming more multilingual. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, there's incentive. And, and our clients want to reach as broad of an audience as they can. And so, you know, many uh, people here, maybe Spanish is their first language, maybe it's their only language, and they want them to learn the same thing too. So it makes sense to create, uh, you know, um, training in another language so that they'll have, the, you know, the benefit of having learned that information as well. When you arrived to the Macalm, how, how long have you been there with them? About six years. Okay, when you got there, were they already doing things in Spanish? Yes. Okay, what what is if if there's a philosophy or principles behind it? What's the approach? Or, or when you were looking, or when you look for uh, freelancers mm -hmm. to do to translate things in, into Spanish, put them into Spanish, or what are you looking for? Or what were maybe what changed? From the time when you began doing it, and maybe, of course, you have an experience in Spanish, in Spanish that, that gives you a huge advantage. Uh, but from that time to today, what, what have you learned along the way, if there's anything? And I'm thinking about maybe any company, group, institution who, is, who are thinking about going that route. Hmm. Were, were you aware of, of any mistakes along the way? Or how would you approach it if you had to begin now from scratch? I'm not sure if I have a lot of comment on that. Um, you know, I mean, I don't really know exactly how the Spanish modules were made prior to my arrival. Yeah. Because to my knowledge, nobody, yeah, nobody, we're a small company. And so I know everybody and I don't think anybody else speaks Spanish. So I don't know who they sort of relied on to make that happen. <laughs> Obviously, I don't know how yeah. that happened. I haven't really asked about that. Um, you know, now that I'm kind of over, oversee doing that, um, as I mentioned, you know, we, we hire a translator. We have one translator. I think she's from Venezuela, I believe, um, and does a great job. So I get the information from her. And then we have narrators such as yourself who do that. Yeah. And then I have a, a video editor who does the actual production of the, of the videos. And he is was in... Uh, Argentina now lives in Spain. <laughs> yeah. um, much like you, I think his I family was from that, there, yes. but he was, yeah, he was out of the country. I think he grew up there, but his family originally was from Spain. Now he lives there again. And so it's good to have somebody, obviously, who speaks or is a Spanish language native yeah. to help produce them as well, because, well, for obvious reasons, you know, he's going to catch mistakes and know how to match text with narration and so forth like this. Um, I don't think I'm really answering your question, but except to say that. You no, know, you are in a way, but let, let, I'll, I'll tell you in a second how. 
Okay. Oh, okay. Do you want me to tell you? Yeah. Or, yeah, sure. Okay, okay. Now, the thing is that, uh, again, you are in a very ad advantageous point because of your experience with the Spanish, I believe. But uh, if you were to come specifically within the U.S., I think there's a, uh, there's a high risk and it's a kind of delicate situation. And maybe you can tell me if, if my sense is correct in a way. And it is this. Um, you have a large Spanish population and that large Spanish population can be maybe defined or unified in a way by culture, uh, but separating it a little bit from language. And I'm going to tell you in a second why, okay. or because maybe you already know where I'm going with this or have a, a feeling of, of what. But uh, if someone from a, a company or institution, etc., came to me today from someone from the U.S. asking me to create material or translate or localize mm -hmm. material into Spanish, my first question would be, okay, what is your geographical target? Because the reality right now is there is your feeling about that very general separation of Spanish from Spain and Spanish from Latin America is absolutely correct. However, what's happening in the U.S., because, well, Spanish has been evolving uh, mm -hmm. inside the population also for the last... 50, 60 years, it, it has increased a lot. Uh, the thing is that you have different generations of Spanish cultural related population and the language in these generations, uh, the, um, the way they manage it or approach it or even use it is different. Uh, I, I can tell you a little bit, a few details of what I mean over there mm -hmm. in, in a second. But the other thing is that something that's growing up a lot, and it's got to do a lot with generations, is that third generation of uh, Latino or Latinx community, as it's mm -hmm. been used a, a lot now, they are connected to the Spanish culture. When I say Spanish, I mean their original countries and Latin America and all of that. But their Spanish is... Actually, and I'm not going to say this, this pejoratively, I'm going to explain in a second why, mm -hmm. is rather Spanglish rather than Spanish. And mm -hmm. why do I say I'm not saying it in a negative way? Because Spanish in the U.S., the use of Spanish in the U.S., at least for this third generation in very broad, very broad terms, is evolving with a high influence from English. Uh, I, I would say up to maybe not too long ago, maybe 10 years ago, Uh, it was seen in a very ne negative way when someone said, well, you, this is Spanglish, meaning it's not English, mm. it's not Spanish. Yeah. And, well, that mixture remains and is becoming more culturally accepted and is not seen so negatively anymore. Mm -hmm. But it is uh, something that is in permanent evolution still and has not reached yet a level where you could say, well, describe Spanglish. Uh, which are the words connected uh, that could be qualified as Spanish. There are some which, uh, for example, to call you back, there is the te llamo para atrás or te llamo para atrás. Mm -hmm. okay? this, that expression is not used in, a, in most Spanish-speaking countries. Puerto Rico uses it. I think the Dominican Republic does too. Okay. But in most Spanish-speaking countries, that would be seen like a very odd construction. But... Mm -hmm. It is now officially accepted. When I say officially, it's because even... Well, there's a big difference between English and Spanish in the sense that English does not have a governing body. 
Right. Uh, maybe you have like the main each uh, editors of dictionaries and that kind <laughs> yeah. of thing. They they and yeah. also you have the the APA and that provide those style manuals and sort of mm -hmm. go by them. But the Spanish has uh, an official governing body, which is yeah. the Royal Academy of the Spanish Language, mm -hmm. originally created in Spain and now with independent but connected organizations in all the Spanish-speaking countries. Oh, and I what they that. try to do is try to, they, their goal uh, is to, well, in a way, promote the culture and that kind of thing. They are connected mm -hmm. to the embassies also. But uh, when locally, what they want to do is uh, their aim is to keep things organized in the sense that there are 22 Spanish-speaking countries, if we include the U.S., including one that many people don't know about, including Spanish speakers in Africa, which is Equatorial Guinea. They speak Spanish okay. yeah. and, and with a Spanish accent, which is very odd to watch. <laughs> We're not used to that, but they do. Uh, I'm trying to find someone from that country to, to come into the podcast. I will, I'm sure. So since there are many, so many different countries speaking Spanish natively, it is very natural that things keep evolving and changing because languages are living creatures. So they said, well, unless we want to uh, disband and have di not different types of Spanish, different languages, mm -hmm. let's find a way to keep this organized. So mm -hmm. what they do mostly is see what's happening, what's changing, what's, what can, what's happening in two, three, four countries. Okay, let's put that together and say this is part now of our official observation of Spanish. And they make recommendations so mm -hmm. things don't go away. But at times, not many times, but at times, they try to be ahead and say, well, this should be done like this. And that always fails. <laughs> People don't be, <laughs> because they, they cannot impose it in any way. It's not like they are going to edit the, the software of Spanish and then it's going to change. So, yeah. well, so that's different between Spanish and, and, and English. And they are starting to accept expressions that are specifically from Well, they call it from U.S. Spanish, mm -hmm. which is what other people could call Spanglish. And te llamo okay. para atrás o te llamo para atrás is one of them. There are, okay. there are many others, like la yarda, the yard, to refer to the oh, backyard. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's only U.S. No one else mm. uses it. Well, some, some people, some countries that have a lot of population in the U.S., are sort mm -hmm. they know that word and they use it. Yep. But that's constantly evolving. And one of the most interesting things I've heard about Spanish in the U.S., which is things that just click in your head when you hear it, is I talked to, I don't know if you heard this episode, I talked to a guy who worked for the BBC. And in the, I think it was the early 2000s, they traveled all across the U.S. looking for Spanish speakers and tried to find the differences. Because... Mm -hmm. Uh, people from Latin America, mostly Mexico, Dominican Republic, and Puerto Rico, uh, a lot of Colombia, a lot of Venezuela right now, they have moved when they come, when they go to the US, they've gone in groups to different areas. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of Mexico and Texas, California, and all of that. Yeah. Venezuelans mostly tend to go to Florida, Cubans, of course, mm -hmm. Puerto yeah. Rico, New, New York, and, and, and yeah. that sort of thing. So they also came with their own cultures and different vocabulary, mostly. So many sure. times the way they could comfortably speak and understand each other was including words in English because the word in mm -hmm. English was going to be the same for all of them. True. So that's a very interesting thing, but I think it's evolving. So I would say 
Are you looking to reach people within the U.S.? Spanish speakers, for sure, but within the U.S., okay, then you have to be mindful of there are things that are really confusing, so you should go with neutral Spanish, but include those expressions that are local and are accepted. And what's interesting is that many times I have brought into my team people from Spanish-speaking countries natively, and they say, well, this is wrong. Uh, oh, it's so ugly. Is it? Well, no, man, it's, it's not. It's not. You have to open your mind. Languages change all the time. And uh, what I always tell them is the story of the word murciélago, which is bad mm -hmm. in Spanish, yep. bad, because that word is wrong. The original word was not murciélago, was murciégalo, because it, was, uh. it comes from a blind mouse in Latin. <laughs> and then at some point, people uh, started saying it wrong yeah. and saying murciélago. I'm sure those people were made fun of. You are wrong. You're, and now it's the official word. And the other one sounds wrong. <laughs> so, but anyway, so that, that's what I would say. Think about because Spain, Spain is different if you're trying to reach only Spain. Latin America, if you're going international, you need to go neutral Latin America, which is a media language rather than, than other thing. Mm -hmm. and, and, but if you're going local U.S., uh, it's a delicate thing because it, you should, I think you should include local words that are, are understood and used. But at the same time, it's difficult for many uh, young Spanish speakers or from Spanish families, Spanish Latin American families in the U.S., because uh, they have a, like a family, many times, uh, a family level of Spanish. Mm -hmm. And I've heard of some who then at work are asked to translate things into Spanish. And they, well, they say yes, because it's maybe part of what they're <laughs> supposed to do. But I know many don't feel comfortable doing so because mm -hmm. it, it's an odd situation. I well, anyway, maybe yeah. I, I just ran away with that idea. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, no problem. I mean, I can only imagine. Yeah. Um, I can say, you know, from our perspective, I think, you know, we're trying to reach as many people as we can with as, a language that's going to work for most people most of the time you know obviously there's always going to be some phrases and some words that maybe some people might not know if they're from certain cultures or maybe their 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 spanish is more spanglish as you yeah. mentioned uh so maybe not everything is perfect but of course we also have the english version of the same training so whichever one works best for them is fine a uh, individually but, they can choose well Without getting too technical, they pick which language they want for their for their uh, for their uh, on the site that they're in. Yes, and then it'll automatically provide the training in that language that I choose, depending on what they chose. But they can yeah. switch it if they want to. That's very good because there's another nuance. I, I'll try to don't talk too much. There's another nuance, <laughs> and it is that many is people people from Spanish heritage they do appreciate the language, but in maybe they can understand the language and talk about it, but mm -hmm. they feel more comfortable with English. So sure. having the option, so is 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 also, I think, a, a, a very good a very good uh, decision. So I yeah, think you're doing well, and also just I, we've never spoken about this because well, it's a delicate thing. But I uh, the material I have received from you for to to do the voiceover is good. If it wasn't, I would have told okay. you, and okay. and, <laughs> and because it's a delicate situation, and I've gone through it, and some situations have been very uncomfortable. But but it's not your case, so I'm I'm so I well, I, I commend you for that. that. 
Thank you. I mean, I rec uh, reiterate, you know, we have uh, a translator, maybe it's from Venezuela. Uh, you are doing the narration. You're, you know, from Venezuela slash Spain. Yeah. The video editor is from Argentina, now Spain. Uh, so, you know, there's a mix of, you know, Spanish speakers there. So I think on the whole, hopefully we'll catch most mistakes or errors along the way because there's a set of several eyes seeing it, you know, with a different perspective on the Spanish. Yeah, yeah. No, 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 it's good. It's good. But what I said is, well, sometimes I've, I've gotten things that are difficult to read or maybe I just, well, I cannot do this. This is, but it's a difficult thing to say to a client because what they think yeah. is that I'm trying to get the, the translation for my team and do it oh. myself. So it's a delicate thing. It's a delicate thing. Yeah, and imagine. particularly, I would say within the U.S. because of that continuously evolving in picture and all, all those Spanish speakers and people from from culture <laughs> from co different yeah. cultural backgrounds. So, but uh, from my point of view, you're doing fantastically. So, <laughs> well, congratulations! Very kind of you. Thanks, Michael. Thanks so much for for taking the time, uh, and and uh, having having that feedback from you in, in, in a way from your experience living in Costa Rica which of course is one of many Spanish-speaking countries but it also yeah. give us or give well give me and I hope the listeners the opportunity to to also know that even though the sense from outside could be that Latin America or Spanish speakers or or Latinos or you it's normal to see them as one unified group mm -hmm. It's so many countries and, and so oh, yeah. many different experiences and different populations from all, all different parts of the world who have migrated to Latin American countries and they have a strong influence, like the strong influence of Italians and in, in Argentina and Germans mm -hmm. in Brazil and people from Spain all over. I mean, the language is there. But, uh, so it, it's, it, it, they're very different people. But at the same time, oh, yeah. every time people from different Latin American countries get together, there's also that sense of connection. So, I don't know, I enjoy it. So thanks so much for, for well, sharing your enjoyment of it as well. Oh, well, thank you. It really is a pleasure. I really enjoyed talking to you. And it's a, it's kind of a passion of mine and I really you know appreciate the language and think it's really fun to, to learn and to try and you know use <laughs> what I can. So anyway, thank you very much. Muchas gracias y pura vida. Pura vida. <laughs>